Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. On a Thursday morning, and it's um, another beautiful overcast and semi-rainy day. And it's um, had a wonderful service last night, and it's nice to just to wake up and and know that God is still in control, <laughs> even even though things around us may be falling apart. I've been watching the news; a lot of crazy things going on, a lot of stuff in the political world, a lot of stuff in the military world, and prophetically, a lot of things, a lot of things going on. So we're going to keep just kind of addressing those things, looking at them as we go along. Well, I want to move over to this day in history because something very interesting happened on this day, which I've always been rather interested in. The Tangusta Mystery, June 30th, 1908. Uh, a 12.5 megaton explosion occurred in central Siberia, Russia. Cause is undetermined, although common belief is that it's an asteroid or comet burst in the sky. The energy blast was about 1,000 times that of the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Knocked people off their feet hundreds of miles away. This is the largest impact event on Earth in recorded history. There was no known human casualties, and never did they find any evidence of any kind of of asteroid. Um, Probably was, but it's just extremely interesting, the people that go in there. And look at it. There's just some goofy, mysterious things about it. The area, the center of the blast area, nothing can grow there. Um, And yet it's not a result of radiation. There's just a lot of interesting aspects to it. President Garfield, assassin executed on this day, 1881. Charles Guiton is hanged for the assassination of James Garfield. Um, He was angry with Garfield for rejecting his various job applications. He shot Garfield in Baltimore at the railroad station in Washington, D.C., at the Baltimore and Potomac Railroad Station, Washington, D.C., July 2nd, 1881. Garfield died two months later from infections relating to the injury. Hmm. Bizarre. Well, there you go. Um, 26th Amendment, June 30th, 1971. Lauren voted 18. I didn't know that. Well, there you go. And how about... I didn't even get a chance to really um, check my dad jokes today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we'll probably have to just go without. I know. It's sad. We will make do. We will uh, We will survive today. If you have more good dad jokes, send them over. I'm always looking around. That was probably the reason why I didn't have them today. I figured I ran out of them. Well, we are in Second Samuel 23. Psalm 57, 95, 97, and Acts 8. So let's go ahead and look at those this morning. Father, thank you for this for this day. Guide us. Thank you for being with us. We thank you so much for blessing us. And we'd ask God that you would go before us. Just go before us and be Lord over all of the situations we have to go through today. We want to yield to your authority. And this is why we come here before you in the morning time, God, to get our, kind of get our marching orders and and remind ourselves who it is that we serve. So we thank you for this time. Guide us and direct us now in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
2 Samuel chapter 23, David's last song. Now these are the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, declares, The man who was raised on high declares, The anointed of God, of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spoke to me, he who rules over men righteously, who rules in the fear of God, is as the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, when the tender grass springs up on the earth through sunshine after rain. Truly is not my house so with God, for he has made an everlasting covenant with me, ordered in all things and secured for all my salvation and all my desire. Will he not indeed make it grow? But the worthless, every one of them, will be thrust away like thorns, because they cannot be taken in hand. But a man who touches them must be armed with iron and the shaft of a spear, and they will be completely burned with fire in their place. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Josheb Bashabeth, a Tecmonite, chief of the captains, he was called Adino, the Esnite, because eight hundred, because of eight hundred slain by him at one time. And after him, Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahoite, one of the three mighty men of David. Then they defied the Philistines, who were gathered there to battle, and the men of Israel had withdrawn. He rose and struck the Philistines until his hand was weary and clung to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to, to strip the slain. Now after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Harite, And the Philistines were gathered into a troop where there was a plot of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he took his stand in the midst of the plot, defended it, and struck the Philistines. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Then three of the thirty chief men went down and came to David in the harvest time of the cave of Adullam while the troop of the Philistines was camping in the valley of Rephaim. David was then in the stronghold while the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. David had a craving and said, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So three of the mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water from the well of Bethlehem, which was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this thing. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. Abishad, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, the chief of the thirty, for he swung his spear against three hundred and killed them, and had a name as well as the three. And he was most honored of the thirty, therefore he became their commander. However, he did not attain to the three. Then Benaniah, the son of Jehodiah, the son of a valiant man of Kabziel, who had done mighty deeds, killed the two sons of Ariel, of Moab. He also went down and killed a lion in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. He killed an Egyptian, an impressive man, 
Now the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, and he went down to him with a club and snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. These things Benaniah, the son of Jehodiah, did and had a name as well as the three mighty men. He was honored among the thirty, but he did not attain to the three, and David appointed him over his guard. Asael, the brother of Joab, was among the thirty. Elhanan, the son of Dodong, Bethlehem, Shema, the, the Herodite, and Elakah, the Haradite, and Helez, the Paltite, Ira, the son of Ikish, the Tekoite, and Bezier, the Henothothite, Mabunai, the Hushatite, Zalmon, the Ahoite, and Mahari, the Natophathite, Heleb, the son of Bana, the Natophathite, Ittai, the son of Rabbi of Gibeah, the son of Benjamin, Benaniah, the Piratonite, and Hadai, of the brooks of Gaash, Abi Albon, of the Arbathite, and Hasmaveth, the Burhamite, and Eleba, the Shalabonite, the son of Jashin, Jonathan, Shema, the Herorite, and Eraim, the son of Sharar, the Ararite, Eliphet, the son of Abishai, the son of Machathite, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel, the Gileanite, and Hezro, the Carmelite, Parai, the Arabite, and Egal, the son of Nathan, of Zobah, Bani, the Gedite, and Azelik, the Ammonite, and Neherai, the Barothite, Amor, bearers of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, Ira, the Ithrite, Gareb, of the Ithrite, Uriah, the Hittite, 37 in all. That's a lot of names. Sorry, I hope I got a few of those right. Well, though, we've seen about the mighty men of David before, and um, we'll just keep moving on. Psalm 57. This is a victim of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. So we're looking back again on the life of David. Interesting on the chronological read through the Bible. This wasn't given to us earlier, but we'll go back and do the review. Be gracious to me, O God. Be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge until destruction passes. I will cry to the Lord God Most High, to God who accomplishes all his things for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He reproaches him who tramples upon me. Selah. God will send forth his loving kindness and his truth. My soul is among lions. I must lie among those who breathe forth fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongues a sharp sword. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They dug a pit before me. They themselves have fallen into the midst of it. Selah. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises. Awake, my glory. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. Psalm 95. 
raised to the Lord in a warning against unbelief. Um, verse 1. O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above God's in whose hand are the depths of the earth and peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his. It was he who made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah as in the day of Massa in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said that they were a people who err in their heart. And they do not know my ways. Therefore I swore in my anger, truly they shall not enter into my rest. Psalm 97. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. Fire goes out before him and burns up his adversaries around about. His lightnings lit up the world. The earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people have seen his glory. Let all those be ashamed who serve graven images, who boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion heard this and was glad, and the daughters of Judah have rejoiced because of your judgments, O Lord. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above the gods. Hate evil, you who love the Lord, who preserves the soul of his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown like seed for righteousness and gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. David has a way of just looking at life in in perspective of, of how God has set in order the universe. And he has an understanding. He writes about that. He, he keeps reminding us. He's the ones that created the heavens, that created the earth. He creates things to grow. He brings light into darkness. And therefore, he says, I will rejoice. I will be glad. Um, and we have so many songs that we sing in the church that are made from these few psalms we just read. Um, he reigns over the earth through his righteousness and truth. Um, and salvation comes from our Lord. And um, one of the things that is nice to do when you do when you're by yourself and you're working through the day is sing the psalms that's really what they were given for us to do to sing them the ones you know the one you can remember and um and let the lord minister through you as you realize that he is the one fighting the battles that he's the one that is preparing us for his coming and that we are his it's a beautiful um beautiful purpose and beautiful reason for reading through the psalms Acts chapter 8 now. This is uh, now working our way into the life of Saul, coming Paul. This is the big uh, conversion as we go, as we go beginning now into the life of Saul. 
Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentations over him. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they had saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with loud voices, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in the city. Now there was a man named Simon, who formerly was practicing magic in the city and had been astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from the smallest to the greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, This man is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. But when they believed Philip's preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip. And as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of the Lord, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them and were receiving the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone in whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. For you have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right with God. Therefore repent for this wickedness of yours and pray the Lord, that if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourselves, so that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages and Samaritans. But the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and even reading the prophet Isaiah. When Spirit said to Philip, go up and join the chariot, Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearers is silent. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened up his mouth, began from the scriptures, and he preached Jesus to him. 
And as they were along the road, they came to some water. And Enoch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he was baptized. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but he went on his way rejoicing. And Philip found himself at Asotus. And as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities and to all that came to Caesarea. Famous story, the uh, conversion of the eunuch, and it's um, so important for so many reasons. He's going to be going to Africa. He's going to be taking the word of the Lord, really, into the Gentile world in a very big way. Um, He is the one man that Jesus wanted Philip to go talk to after Philip was having this phenomenal ministry and seeing so many people come to the Lord and so many people getting saved. And we would think from a church planning standpoint that Philip should have stayed there and set up the church and be ministering to these people, yet the Lord showed him that it was he had one important meeting with this man to explain the gospel to him. And it's beautiful to see the obedience of Philip and how Philip willingly went. And this is the whole story of God going after the one lost sheep. Uh, that that God will leave the 99 and go for the one, that this man was reading this Bible, he was searching, he wanted to know, he wanted to know the truth. And so he sends Philip, and this amazing thing happens. He happens to <laughs> be reading about Jesus, the, the lamb going before the slaughter. Of course, obviously God guided him in the scriptures, and then Philip is able to, rightly divide the word of truth and explain what the scriptures say. So here's a man, This again, this is the beginning of the church, and now we start seeing the pattern that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We see the pattern that, that Jesus now wanted his disciples to use to open up the Old Testament, his word, the Bible then, and explain the gospel using the Old Testament. There's nothing more beautiful in my mind than that. I mean, certainly mixing the New Testament in with it, but my point is, you see Jesus all through the Old Testament. So he simply opened up the Old Testament and started explaining to this man. And this man's faith came by hearing the word of God. He did not see the miracles that Philip was doing. Not one miracle did he see Philip do. Or we have record that he saw any miracles. He simply was heard the gospel explained clearly through the Bible the prophecies, everything that had been written. And as he brought this into his mind, he said, then it's true. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the one, the anointed one. And not even being Jewish, but a proselyte. He was one who came into the Jewish faith. And so we see how the church is neither Jew or Gentile or um, slave or free, Parthian, Scythian, none of that. It was open to all mankind and he received it and what was so beautiful he wants to be baptized right away he says i'm ready to follow 100 percent. this is how faith is supposed to work this is how we're supposed to be you hear the word of god you receive it and you say this is it it's not okay i'm going to add this to my repertoire of okay i'm saved now i can go do other things no he said this is it 
I'm now a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. What prevents me from being baptized? Die to the old self. Rise to the new. I'm done with the old life. When you hear the words of life to set you free from your sin and bondage, it is so overwhelmingly amazing that why wouldn't you? And this is what his thinking was. So he gets baptized. And what happens to Philip? Araptados. He is harpazod. He is taken out. The same word we see in First Thessalonians 4. He is raptured away caught up, disappears, and he finds himself in another town. (laughs) Why did God do that? No idea. But again, God likes to use miracles to confirm his word. And it was just a a sweet confirmation to this eunuch that everything he did was real. And um, could it be modeling a little bit more? Probably. That those who believe in Jesus Christ will be caught up and taken out in his time. Uh, But I'm sure it was a great encouragement to Philip, too, that what he had done in obeying Jesus, going down and finding himself ministering to this man, was now something God had completed through him, and now he could allow this man to go back to where he was going, and God gives him a little express Uber ride over to where he needed to be next. (laughs) It's pretty phenomenal. Back then forward is the title, Charles Spurgeon Devotional. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with thee in the days of thy youth, and I will establish unto thee an everlasting covenant. Ezekiel 16.16 Notwithstanding our sins, the Lord is still faithful in his love to us. He looks back. See how he remembers those early days of ours when he took us into covenant with himself and we gave ourselves over to him? Happy days, those. The Lord does not quit us with them and and charge us with being insincere. No, he looked rather to his covenant with us than to our covenant with him. There was no hypocrisy in that sacred compact on his part. At any rate, how gracious is the Lord thus to look back in love. He looks forward also. He is resolved that the covenant shall not fail. If me do not stand to it, he does. He solemnly declares, I will establish unto thee an everlasting covenant. He has no mind to draw back from his promises. Blessed be his name. He sees the sacred seal, the blood of the everlasting covenant. He remembers our surety in whom he ratified the covenant, even his own dear son. And therefore, he rests in his covenant engagements. He abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. O Lord, lay this precious word upon my heart and help me to feed upon it all this day. Boy, there's so much English that this man knows. So many words uh, that I've... You see me read those words and I go, well, yeah, that's that's the word he wrote. Um, Things are pretty amazing, the English language. So anyway, go back and read it for yourselves. I did read it word for word. Uh, pretty, um, but the, the content, of course, is God is faithful even when we're not. That God is faithful to us, and he has been faithful, and he took us out of the, the miry clay, that he's brought us up into the light, that he cont- is going to continue by his promise to be faithful to us and to bring us into the covenant relationship which he coveted with us, and he's going to bring us on to eternity. And he's praying, Charles Spurgeon is praying, that Lord, help me to lay this up in my heart. This is exactly what I was talking about last night, really, as we were going through Second Samuel 7. 
help me feed upon it all this day. It would have been a really good ending to the teaching last night. That happens to me all the time, by the way. It's like, why don't I read ahead a little bit in some of our devotions? I might be able to pull some great things into the teachings because it's like, I actually believe it's the Lord's confirmation to me that, okay, I was on the right track that last night what we were talking about. And then he kind of confirms it through through the next day's reading. So it's pretty pretty cool. God is sovereign and he works in um, amazing ways providentially to arrange the natural into the supernatural for our benefit. Well, let's go ahead and pray and thank him for this wonderful day that he has given us. So, Father, thank you for blessing us and get, bringing us into your presence and giving us the sweetness of fellowship and giving us the covenant relationship that, that we have with you, knowing that, God, you are you are sovereign over all things, that you are good, that you are precious. And, God, we want to lift up the various people that are uh, are dealing with difficult difficult circumstances in their life. We want to pray for those that are waiting for surgery, as often we do every day for Juan Carlos, as we know he needs to have a tumor removed. So, God, please let that happen. Let his body be strong and healthy as he is waiting for that, that the Mexican medical system would be able to help him get in to the hospital, our Canadian brothers and sisters understand how that is as we have to often wait for the things a long time with the type of socialized medicine so just pray things speed along for him and for also for anyone in Canada that's waiting for surgery uh, that needs it and needs to have medical attention God we thank you for those systems and thank you for the doctors and nurses just pray God that, that things can be dealt with quickly I want to pray for a new young, uh, young lady that came to church last night and uh was um, just blessed to have her, but is feeling rather overburdened with a sense that maybe she got her mother sick with COVID and her mother died from it, and she has a lot of guilt. Father, we want to just pray that you release her from that and that she understands that you're in charge and that there's no real evidence that she was the one that gave it to her mom and, and that you are sovereign. God, help her to surrender her heart and not to be caught up in depression or any of us be caught up in depression by anyone in her family that has passed or that is sick. God, you are our God. And what we need to do is not allow the enemy to bring us into into uh, deceit or, or depression. So God, just lift her up. Thank you for bringing her. Thank you for letting Renee ministered to her last night the way she did. And, Father, we certainly lift up Celeste in her cancer treatments. And, um, Hank, hopefully that's getting near the end of it and everything's being dealt with there. Certainly want to lift up BH and Steve and Karen Skook and the the day-to-day things that people have to go through um, with their physical health. So, and... Also still very sensitive, God, remember those people in northern New Mexico that have lost so much in their homes that you would continue to to use use the, the church up there. Our brothers and sisters in Calvary Chapel, Las Vegas, be able to minister to them in a big way and um, open up doors of opportunity, God, so they'd understand how, how short life is and how quickly things can pass and how this world is going to burn up. I want to continue to lift up Carmen and his sister, for her situation with her cancer, God, that that whole thing is, she gets that cancer cut out or irradiated, excuse me, or that you completely just touch it right now, touch her body and heal her completely. 
So thank you for that. And thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for giving us a, a home church, a beautiful place. Thank you for what you're doing uh, with Juan Carlos and his baby and Renee back there in the sound system and helping them and getting uh, the whole sound system thing straightened out. We thank you for blessing us with what we have and the fellowship. We are, uh, we're, we're just a people of grateful, Father. We're not living in a war-torn zone. We don't have bombs going off. Uh, we, we are not in a socialistic or communistic country. We can worship you freely. So these things we want to thank you. We live in a beautiful place. We thank you for these things. We ask you to bless the evangelism team as they go out tonight, as they share their faith. Make them just bold but loving and be able to explain to rightly divide, just like Philip went up to the Ethiopian eunuch. God, give them divine appointments where people are wanting to know, are reading the scriptures and asking, help me understand this. So give them those very special appointments tonight. So we thank you, God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. That'll do it. Thank you, guys, um, again, for coming to church or watching last night. And we will... um. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow at the same time. So keep looking up. Bye-bye.